migration of Arctic wildlife in the Galway area, our esteemed leader Don is currently out wrangling polar bears to save villages in affected areas. So as a result, it's just me and my amigo Mars, as always, and we do have a special guest today at Hindu Monkey's Cat. Phil is also here to translate. So welcome back, Phil. Myself and Kraken are pleased to be here. Delighted to have you. So this week, because we're in the middle of Double Game Week 24, as it stands, we're going to skip the poetry corner for today, but we will each give a brief update of where we're at for the game week as it stands. So in top spot is myself currently on 44. So not disastrous so far, despite injuries mounting with the um, Mane, and I, I won't say that too loudly, uh, Cantwell and Vardy. I swerved an almost red card for Cantwell, so I got a little bit lucky there. Um, but I did get an assist for my cheeky West Ham punt, Holler. Uh, what a hero, thank God. Um, so I still have him to go. I've got Trent and I have Salah triple captain to go as well. I am feeling quite fortunate because I was firmly on Mane TC in the build-up for weeks, really. Um, but I did wake up the morning of and I changed my mind. I thought it was gut instinct, but then because our special guest let me know who he was captaining, that may have had somewhat of an influence. Um, so how did you fare, Mars? Witchcraft. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I do have a little poem, though, if that's okay. Oh, lovely. It's, uh, I've it's also for, got a poem, Mars. I was told to prepare a poem. So well, I... you had to. You didn't have a choice. It's it's more for the FPL community, to be honest, for those yeah. uh, for those unfortunate people. I'll tell and you, I spent, wanted to hear spent, it as well. Yeah, we spent so many game weeks deciding at EC at every kind of thread pod in the community. From the deadline, some kissed our, our OR away. Don't blame it on FPL. Don't blame it on Mane. Don't blame it on luck. Blame it on the Hindu monkey. He just jinxed. He just jinxed. He just jinxed UTC. We all know who, who to blame, guys. You know, like, go back and look. Only one person, only one person jinxed your, uh, your triple captain. And that's why we brought him here to apologize for you. Phil, over to you. <laughs> I've got the Kleenex ready, by the way, Phil, just so you know. <laughs> oh, and for me, it's 44 minus, uh, 45 minus 4 with uh, my triple captain still healthy, at, at least. <laughs> what a genuine pleasure it is to be on today, I must say. <laughs> uh, so, um, well, FPL, FPL, is it skill or is it luck? As I get my third one point triple captain, honestly, who gives a fuck? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> Succinct, but I think it captures all that needs to be said, to I be fair. I don't know, I don't know if it's. Third in a row, like, you know, I would say there's some... That's uh, like a superpower, but it's like one that really negatively impacts you. You need to figure out a way to kind of utilise that to your gain. Yeah, yeah, potentially. 
<laughs> Maybe like you need to have a second team and triple captain someone on that who is not the person, you know, who is the most widely owned, but then on your main team, you're not actually playing your triple captain. I don't or know, don't, just throwing or, out or, these ideas. Or maybe, maybe, don't make a thread about your triple captain being injured before the game week and saying to people, you know, don't laugh at people. If Salah goes off injured, it's not skill. It's not, it's, it's not luck. It's just unlucky. <laughs> maybe, maybe don't bring the energy to it, you know, for those people who believe in positive energy. Oh, did you curse yourself? Is that what happened? Did well, you not uh, get the point of my poem, Kylie? No, I get that point. he's a jinx, but I just assumed it was a known known no, he, that there was a full thread from Phil about this is the oh I feel like it, it is Kylie, well, I feel like you've missed the whole the whole no, episode. Because no, but he's he's cursed anyway because he has all this bad luck. So I just assumed it was yeah. No, not no, there was a full thread, full thread like a, a, a long thread, you know, like a Ronaldinho kind of thread about how you know if the it, it's all about luck and if the triple captain gets injured, you know, we should not uh, um, laugh at each other, obey each other. You know, it's not skill, oh, you know, no. and, then, and then and then that happens. Because 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 it always does. That's just why. So I was just like, you know, embrace it. Was, it. <laughs> you know, I, I, to be fair, I, I actually thought the, the you know the reaction of the majority of people was um you know was was pretty good because, because you know you don't want to see that you don't want to wish injuries upon a player. Oh, so absolutely it, not. Absolutely no, no. Yeah. Joking aside, it, joking it, aside, really, of course not. Yeah, joking aside, and it, it was a good thing to see, and I think most people genuinely meant it as well because. So much energy's gone into that decision, and he, he was the most highly captained and most highly triple captained, um, and so many active players doing it. It's just oh yeah, I've, ta- I've it's taken a blank. A it's a blank, oh. but an injury is awful. Apparently, it. it's his first serious injury in like two years or something like that. That wouldn't surprise me. That's, yeah. I heard that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've, taken a, I've taken MJ down with me, which kind of makes it kind of almost worthwhile. So you know. <laughs> Huh? Don't worry. Anyway, don't worry. no, that that went over my head. All right, so uh, we'll quickly move on, and we'll just touch on the standings in the Three Amigos Classic League. Um, so we do still have one game to go, a big game, obviously. So these are kind of just as they stand now. But uh, in first place, we have Luke Burgess. That's Lukewarm FC. So he's currently on 48 points this week. We have Tiki Taka. That's Krista Melsgaard's team, 38 points. Pathetico Madrid. That's Alex Hemmings with 36 points. The one and only Sam Bonfield from FPL Family is soaring up the rankings. Uh, her team, No Kane, No Gain, is on 60 points this week. So I know for a fact she triple captained Firmino, so no wonder she's doing really well. And then Marco Massa's team, released the Snyder Cut, is on 30 points. So well done, guys, and it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out after the next match. So moving on from that, I'm officially feeling quite zen at the moment after hijacking a certain segment in recent weeks. So I can happily hand the mantle back to Mars to decompress and uh, give us your rant. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, uh, there's a lot I could rant about, whether it's uh, the seniors display for Liverpool players against Shrewsbury or the fact that 
you know, club, no club, FA Cup, etc. But I decided to make it FBL relevant. And this is about <clears throat> people's um, reaction to the official account. Now, personally, and that is only my opinion, not the opinion of the three amigos, because I don't know what they think. I think people need to take a chill pill and smoke some shisha and take it as it is. I mean, the account did not come out and say, ha ha, man, owners, you lost. It just said, man, you're going to go in, go in, go in, go in, like, like you know, it, they do that actually to, uh, on a lot of things. And a lot of people do it, you know, like, man, if you see man, you go, man, you had, oh, man, blank. And people just, some of the comments on it from people that I respect and I speak to, and I know I, I was a little bit surprised as well, having a go, oh, you're supposed to be an official account. You're supposed to be um, neutral, not biased. Look. We complain when they don't interact with us, and we complain when they interact with us. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I don't even know the person. For me, I, I, I think of it as an it at the moment because I don't know what it is, right? But it's 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 a joke. It's 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 actually reflecting the reality of what happened. They just said money blanked, and we need to get over it. That it's, in my opinion, overreaction to a simple tweet. That's it. I'm actually interested in your thoughts on, on this, Phil, because obviously you are one of the directly impacted. So did you have a take on the officials' accounts post that kind um, of I didn't, piled up? I, you know, I think I did, I did tweet about it. And my, my main point was I just didn't think it was, it was particularly funny. And I, I think that generally there's scope there to make that account um, a lot just to just you know a lot better at interacting with the community in, in a kind of an amusing manner or a very you know or a very professional or kind of stats based manner i just think the tone's a bit all over the place it didn't it didn't personally offend me i just kind of read it and i was just like well yeah you know there you go but, but i think they have been trying though you know i think they 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 just get the tone wrong i think yeah, sorry I, I would agree. I mean, I think it's better that they're interacting, um, and and sometimes you do see that. See that I, I do agree that they are inconsistent with their tone of voice, um, and maybe they're just trying to figure out what that is. I personally mm. didn't think it was offensive. I thought it was an no. overreaction. Um, but you know, at the same time, I didn't pay that much attention to it. So no, I know no. there were people who who did. No, uh, I mean. Uh, Offensive is a, you know, a ridiculous word for what it was. It was, it was at worst, you know, not not very funny. Uh, you know, it was just you know, there was nothing offensive about it. Yeah, I would personally agree there. All right, can then. I, uh, so, can I just interject yeah. at this point just to give a, a shout out to uh, to Aston Villa who have um, uh, who have um, qualified for the Carabao Cup final with a last yeah. minute against Leicester, which um, it, it probably. Uh, um, is a bit unexpected because um, a lot of us have two or three Leicester players and um, not many, maybe Grealish kind of kind of Villa players, but they're obviously now going to have the blank and potential kind of kind of double game week, which is obviously going to kind of mix things up a little bit. So, so yeah, they scored at the last minute, did they? Yeah, it was two, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was one one, and then they scored two one. Yeah, Who was it? Trezeguet. Yeah, Trezeguet scored the winner. Yeah. I was watching just before we went live, but I did miss that. Well, that's nice for Villa, you know. Um, although, yes, I agree it would be easier if it was um, – I, I mean, I guess with doubles in mind, we probably would prefer Leicester getting them. But, uh, 
However, it'll keep it interesting. Leicester aren't exactly amazing form at the moment. And no. indeed, I think we're probably going to get to that in some of our questions. So let's move on to the big topics. So this week on Twitter, certainly, there are lots of man- uh, managers who are considering the wildcard. Um, and that's sort of swiftly followed uh, following the triple captain play in double game week 24. So as we know, there are a number of injury flags over key players, highly owned players. And in some cases, players people probably don't want to get rid of. Um, There's also some fixture swings coming up that people are looking to take advantage of. And there's also a, a change in the form of some teams. We also have a big, gap coming up uh, between games with the winter break. So there's lots of different things going on. And while none of us are wildcarding, Don is, by the way, but he's busy with the polar bears at the moment. So we're just going to have a quick run through of what our thinking is for the second wildcard. And I guess in our case, why we're not wildcarding now. Um, but what the different considerations might be for doing it ahead of game week 25. So we did get a couple of questions in. David Hunter and Jonathan Strack tweeted us asking the benefits of the right time to play a wildcard. And FPL Strategic also asked, considering blanks, doubles and fixture swings, when are the good and less good times, uh, weeks, that is, to wildcard? So we'll come to you first, Marzi. What's your hot take? So I want to start by the, by the standard boring thing. It depends on your team. There is no right or wrong answer right now. Um, but like you said, we will, we, my, I, I will be giving my thoughts on why I'm not wildcarding. So right now, I think it, if I look at it, it's, I feel it's a bit too early. There's a lot of unknowns right now. Um, for sure, if you're on wildcard, you wait until Friday. Well, I mean, that's, that's cause with that saying, because of the deadline, Aubameyang might be going, this might happen, that might happen. Um, then, for, then after that, we, the, during the week, we have FA Cup replays, which will tell us a little bit more. Um, and I, I just also feel there's a bit of short turnaround between the Carling Cup, uh, CC games, whatever it's called, you know now, and... Um, uh, plus uh, to the FA Cup games, then this league game in game week 25, it just seems a bit of a minefield. And I feel some people might be doing it because they're angry of what happened or maybe because it's a, it's a low-scoring low game week. What I would say is, which I've said every year, have a plan, stick to it, but prepare to be flexible. Especially if you're starting, you're planning your wildcard now. You have to be flexible because you don't know which teams are going to make it to the next round of the FA Cup. You don't know what blanks and when are the, nobody knows when the blanks are, uh, what blanks are, uh, are, we assume they're going to be in game week 34 for the cup, but we don't know. We don't even know right now who's blanking in game week 31 or not. We don't know from the, uh, the final of the cup, is it going to be in game week 28? Part of it, just add it on the next week. But I believe, look at Ben's, um, Ben Krellin's, um, timeline because I think if because of the Europe Europe commitment and other stuff it might not be and it might be a bland game week which means Villa plus either City or United will get a double game week. We don't know when. There are there's even hints or some some rumors that there might be another mini double game week because of the commitment of City and Arsenal in Europe. Uh, I've seen that so it could be 
as early as 27 or 28 or 29. Um, also, I mean, I, I, I just think if, if I look at it right now, so you've got also, uh, you've got the injury players, which I know we're going to cover, so I'm not going to go through them all, but we'll get more information about them later on. Um, or injured players might come back. Um, for me as well, I want to see, as well as what I just said, in Europe, what's going to happen? Are City going to try and focus on that? If Liverpool win the next few games again and they just completely give up on the league, not they might have already. But is, Because I want to see what Pep is doing. Is he playing Aguero? Because they've got some good fixtures coming up and he's on form anyway. The, the only reason that I would not be going on Aguero right now is because not because they ha- might have some tough fixtures or red FDRs. I don't even look at, at the colour. I just look at the teams. And with City, we always said they are um, immune of that. You know, you just don't look at you don't look at the fixtures. You pick the players. But it's whether he will play or not. We don't know with the roulette, but what with the pep roulette. But what we might not we start seeing is maybe you start seeing a um, not a rhythm muscle. Um, I don't know. He, he, you start seeing his plan. Maybe pattern. Jesus will pattern. Thank you very much. Thank you. See, this is why we work well together. Um, um, Jesus plays in the Premier League, Aguero in, in Champions League, or vice versa. Or we might not, I don't know, but it's something that I want to look for. Um, um, also, I think um, <clears throat> what, what I would say is I've also seen a lot of people talking about a wild card in 34, 36, where I think it's too late, in my opinion. I'm not saying it's wrong. So for me, I'm planning, I, I'm, I want to get more information in the next few game weeks. So um, maybe set up my team to tackle the upcoming blank, which is 28. And then based on the cup, replays next week, decide what I want to do with 31 at the moment. We're all thinking free hit, but Liverpool are out. Wolves are out. We know that we know these two teams are, are playing. I mean, most of us have five players and easy to get six because they have Wolves are playing Norwich and Liverpool are playing Palace at home. Uh, you've got, um, you, you might, uh, I think Everton are playing and it's easy to get their players. They're not that expensive. So you could actually decide to maybe tackle the the blank if, if there is not as many blanks as we believe in game week 31 and use your free hit for g- double game week 34 but my plan will be to wildcard either in 28 or 29 set up my team for the last 9 or 10 games where I believe I can get the best out of my wildcard where I see form players hopefully not risk as many injuries I just feel if I set up my wildcard now there is as well as the unknowns there's too many variables that could happen by the time 34 and then 37 comes along. And I just think there, I, too many things might change. Lundstrom is another one. Is he going to play? We don't know. Has he lost his place? We don't know. Well, is he the answer? Maybe not. Maybe it's time to move off him. But we will get those answers as we move forward. So that's why I'm not wildcarding. But if I was, I would be making sure that I have a clear plan of how I'm going to attack 28, 31, when I get the information on 34, and then 37, because I believe by game week 29, we will know who is um, in the who will be blanking at some stage. But we won't know the doubles before game week 31. We will not know where they fall. We assume that most of them will be either game week 34 or game week 37. Unfortunately, we will not know before game week 31. So that's why I'm not uh, wildcarding early. What about you, uh, Phil? Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I echo most of kind of what you said. Um, I think what I quite like about this season is that there isn't a uh, a kind of obvious time to kind of an obvious one week to kind of play the wild card. Um, 
I think from now kind of right up to kind of game week 36 that um, I don't or, or indeed game week 37 some people may wild card into that um, you know uh, that double game week um, I don't think there's necessarily a good or bad time to play it uh, it very much depends on your own team very much depends on what fires you have to put out um, uh, I, I think the key things I would say is don't play your wild card um, in in a kind of yeah out of anger in in kind of rage for for just in kind of response to a kind of a crap game week when you still got really good players there. Um, if you're going to play it early, play it because you, you really do need to. Uh, and I you know I think I think there's a couple of points I wanted to make just on on, on the kind of fixture shifts. Um, right now I I, pers- I wouldn't be wildcarding this game week. Obviously I'm not, and I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it if someone's still considering it and hasn't pulled the trigger yet. There's, there's a couple of reasons for that. One is um, most of us have kind of five Liverpool and Sheffield United players in our kind of teams anyway. And those are the two teams with the best immediate fixtures. So it's like half your team is already or should be already kind of kind of set up. I know there's a few question marks over some of those players, but, you know, a lot of players will have coverage from those from those teams with with good fixtures for the next kind of three or four anyway. And if you wait a little bit to kind of like just into kind of week 27, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of really big fixture shifts. Saints, you know, suddenly play Villa, West Ham, Newcastle, Norwich, Wolves, Norwich, Brighton, West Ham, Bournemouth, uh, Leicester from 28. Uh, now we know they, they're not going to have a blank either. We're going to play Norwich, Villa, Watford, Brighton. So, um, you know, there's, there, there's, some, there's some good shifts there. And I, I would I would want to wait to see how this mid-season uh, break pans out and I think that week would be the earliest I would play it it's quite a long period not dissimilar to an international break you get a couple of weeks to have a tinker adjust your squad kind of there probably be some kind of significant kind of price movements um because of the uh, kind of strangeness of having kind of multiple fixtures over kind of different weeks but um so I think that's a good opportunity to play I, I will probably be, be saving it to similar position as, as, as you Mars um but what I don't want to do is make the mistake that I've made in previous years, which is which is be set on, right, I'm going to play it in game week 32 or 33, and I'm not going to correct obvious errors to my team uh, in, in the run-up to it. What I, as a, you know, what I quite like is the fact that if I look at my team next week or in a week or two, and I think, you know what, I don't like it. It's got not enough people in it who are in form and have good fixtures. I, I'd be quite comfortable wildcarding in those circumstances, knowing that, you know, I'm probably going to be able to set up and plan for the rest of the season still. Yeah, I, like I, I think we're all kind of mirroring each other's thoughts there, but I think you both raised some good ones, um, and I'd largely echo that. I do think this is, I mean, you kind of touched on this a bit, Phil, but this is an interesting season compared to previous ones where I felt there was very much a prescribed week for when you wildcard. And um, yes, there would be people who went a, a different way, but it was certainly in our community very much um, a, a one major uh, path for how to handle doubles and blanks. And Everything about this season has been in stark contrast to, to previous ones. It hasn't been predictable. And just based, I mean, last year that we, we, you know, we had double blank, double, like it was mayhem, but it's not looking like it's going to be quite as extreme this year. So I tend to be of the same view that um, I think, Historically, I would have wildcarded directly before the week that I was going to bench boost. 
and I'm not necessarily going to do that this year, partly because we continue to look nostalgically on double game weeks and, and think about those incredible scores. I mean, the first couple of seasons, I started playing actually the first season that the chips were introduced. Um, but those first couple of seasons that they were there, it was like, uh, you know, 194 points or something on a bench boost, like insane. But the last couple of seasons, we have not seen for the most part, anything like those scores. We've actually had a lot of disappointing double game weeks. And I guess there's more rotation, people have bigger squads, whatever it is. But I very much don't want to pin all of my hopes on the bench boost and the double game week. I absolutely intend to maximize those. But um, I, I do feel that playing a wild card that late seems somewhat of a missed opportunity if one is played earlier, uh, for me, not this early for all of the reasons mentioned, because I would like to have more insight into what to expect in the in the coming weeks or take advantage of the fixture swings um, that were mentioned. But I I think that there is an opportunity to go earlier and move on to form players um, and, and really kind of make a more aggressive move a little bit earlier so that you just have more time to get the benefit out of that wild card. If you're playing it in 36, you have just a couple of game weeks to really get the joy out of that. And that may prove in the end to be the best strategy, but I'm not feeling that personally. But I would also say that I am thoroughly undecided on the week that I will play it. And it will be very much a case of playing it by ear, looking at how my team is doing. Uh, do I see major opportunities? Because I really don't want to be driven to play the wild card because of a couple of out-of-form players that I can tweak. I really want to gain the biggest advantage out of playing it that I can. So I will be assessing things as we go. Another reason why I wouldn't want to play it this week is, I, you know, I look at Mane, for instance, who is someone in my team and, you know, there's, we'll, we'll get to him in a minute. But if I was in the position where I was looking to replace Mane and say, if I was on a wild card, presumably I would be doing that. I'm finding it really hard to identify who in the midfield in that sort of premium price range, I would actually want. So it makes it a little bit difficult for me. I understand that people are keen to wildcard and could very well do brilliantly out of it, but I'm not sure what moves other than a few tweaks I would actually make to my team that would justify uh, playing the wildcard. So it will be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But yeah, certain, certainly, you know, we're, we're, I would expect that we will see a much bigger range of weeks that people in the community are choosing to play that wild card because I think that there is a case for almost any of them except the blanks and so on because that's just kind of creating a bit of a headache for yourself. But hell, that's what we have free hits for, right? So, um, it will be an interesting – we are coming into that fun end of the season, that, that last leg where things get a bit hairy. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm having so much fun already. You sound thrilled. Is that fantastic? This is the best part. 
this is the best part of FPL. I love blank game is. weeks, double game weeks. Mayhem. The mayhem. I love the mayhem. The, the more the more blanks, and I would love a twist where they chuck in a mini double game week somewhere else. Yeah. Brilliant. Bring it on. Who does it? So much fun. It's mm. um, stressful, but it's fun. Um, okay, so we did allude to uh, quickly touching on the injuries. Obviously, listeners will be very aware of what they are. Um, so we'll just run through some of the key ones that have come out of the last game week. Obviously, uh, Rashford is out, but he has been out for a couple of game weeks, so I'm assuming people have dealt with that one already. Um but first up is my beloved Tammy Abraham. We all know how I love him. Um, so he was injured in his match. Now, Lampard has said there's no fracture. But what did concern me in his quote was that he said he's lightly in the water. I find that concerning personally because that lightly in the water does not suggest he's about to be getting on the pitch uh, any immediate time soon. So that's looking very suspect. And frankly, I'd be looking to move him on. Um, well, we all know how I feel about Tammy, so I wouldn't have him anyway, but I suspect most of you will be looking to move him on. Um, Vardy was another big one. Now, Rogers had said he was 80% rather than 100%. And um, he did say he'd be on the team sheet tonight possibly not starting. That's absolutely what happened. So Vardy did come on for about 35 minutes, I believe, um, in the match against Villa tonight. So he's probably fine to start on that basis. Uh, Mane is the the big heart-wrenching one for the masses. He has been ruled out of the match against West Ham. Obviously, that doesn't impact your game week transfers, but it has also been said that he's probably not going to be fine for Southampton. After that, it sounds like he will be okay. So it was a small muscle tear, apparently. But um, with a break and some time off, as we know, they are not going to be playing the senior players with the replay. So some suggestion he could be back for Norwich. Um, yeah, just a watch out on, on, on that one, if you don't mind, Kylie. <clears throat> so um, I don't know. I could be like Ben from club before as a, as an NFC fan, but he is never really too honest when it comes to injuries. I remember when he said Gomez was out for a couple of weeks. He had a broken leg, um, and then Ox and Keita were similar. Now it's interesting because one of the biggest um, sports writers that that I would look for is, is Paul Joyce, right? He covers Liverpool, and a few of them said similar things. Said. Man is out injured. It's not that serious. Uh, could be back for Norwich. Now, if you... But the interesting thing here is, is the fact that they say it's a small muscle tear. Mm. And if you look at the muscle, muscle tear usually is a little bit longer. Now, it could be the fact that he walked... You know, he stopped straight away and that was the best thing that Mane did, not try to play on, etc., etc. So he could be back. But also straight after Norwich, we have um, the game against Atletico Madrid. So if... Let's say Liverpool have won the next two games. Do so they need to risk Mane? Probably not. So I would say, assume that he might, he could be out for a little bit longer. I, bet, you know, I know some people might have spent, uh, have bought him at a, at a, at a uh, um, much earlier, so have a lot more value in him. But I would say he's one of those that you could sell right now because you are 
and the, the the game weeks are coming thick and fast. The games are coming thick and fast, and you don't want to hold the player. It's not about the dropping in value. I really don't care about that. It's about holding a player that expensive. You can spread the value in your in your team. If you don't have slides, it could be an easy switch with the fixtures we just that we just mentioned. All just all just downgrade and upgrade to to an attacker if that's what you fancy. But you could easily distribute a lot of those funds around instead of holding, hoping that he will come back very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, any of us who owned Rashford, obviously we're talking about Ole here versus Klopp, but um, you definitely, you know, with the Rashford situation where he basically implied it was minor and he was almost 50-50 to play that uh, that next match and then all of a sudden he's got injuries galore and he's out for months. Um, so you do have to take that with a pinch of salt. And in terms of what you were saying there, Mars, I would fully agree. Um, I am someone who has had Mane for a long, long time. I have a huge amount of value tied up in him and I don't particularly care about value except when it's someone that I know that I will want back. So this I have envisioned holding Mane for the season. Um, He's not someone I want to get rid of. Uh, So this is quite inconvenient. However, at this stage with the the run-in that we have, your focus very much needs to be on points and not value. So, yes, it is frustrating. I would expect to see his price drop some anyway because he does have high ownership. Um, But I I need the points. And so, you know, it's very probable that I will be getting rid of him because I can't afford to have a 12.5 million player sitting on my bench as well. so more injuries. This Cantwell don't know as much about this one. It was a little hamstring, something, something. He wasn't playing. Um, it's the glue. In the epic. It's the year of the glue. So Vardy oh, is he had a glue. glued as well? They Cantwell said hamstring. Yeah. Well, they said it was glue. hamstring. Okay. Yeah. So all about the the butt issues, right? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> we are still waiting uh, on a bit more information about that because it has been somewhat vague. Um, so we will see. Um, Snodgrass was another injury. Um, now this one's oh, the quotes are a little bit contradictory. So should be okay. He trained apparently, but it was a minor uh, ligament issue. So. Will he play tomorrow night? Well, there's nothing you can do about it at this stage, but it suggests that he might be available to be in the squad for the weekend. So that one you will see. You probably only had Snodgrass for the double game week, so maybe you're not overly fussed, but it doesn't sound like anything major. Uh, Mares was another one, so he got a kick at the weekend. Uh, he has to be assessed, but, you know, apparently he's recovered well and should be fine. That's no guarantee he plays, of course, because Pep Roulette, uh, Pep will do what Pep will do. He should be playing if he is fit and fine because he has been one of their best players, but one never knows. Uh, and then a last one is Sar for anyone who still holds him. Um, it looks like he will miss out on the weekend match as well, but it sounds as though it probably won't be much longer than that. But, yeah, you've probably already sold him again. So, and a last shout-out to Later as a 12, who is wondering about Mane. So, would we hold or would we sell if he's out until, say, at least uh, game week 27? So, Mars and I touched on that a little bit. Uh, what's your take, Phil? Do you look at it differently? Well, I sold him about an hour ago. 
Right. Um, that's... Is, uh, <laughs> his price is going down. <laughs> Says it, yep. It's going down tonight, and I wanted to uh, attempt to um, work my way through the Liverpool front line. So I'm, uh, I've brought in Salah, who I wanted to afford <gasps> otherwise, and I will almost certainly be captaining him against Southampton. So... Um, so yeah. if Salah gets injured, I will find you. I, I will, will never forgive you. you if anything and happens I to you. I will spank you. So only, is this going to impact him tomorrow? Uh, this is what uh, I'm now concerned about. Well, I, I don't know. I don't think so. No, I, the, the triple captain's gone. That, that's really where you know. Uh, you know, uh, unless he starts wearing a Callum Wilson shirt, I think he's probably safe. See, I've, I've, I've I, had, know, I know who you are. I know where you live. And I know who you work with that will tell me where you live. Uh, I will find you and I will... It's very lenient and threatening. Yeah. You've already won the league, Mars. Calm down. Um, but no, I would uh, I would definitely sell Mane. I think uh, I agree exactly with, with what your comments you said earlier, Mars, on, on Klopp. There is, um, he loves to downplay injuries. You know, there's, he, he's 12.4 now. He'll be 12.3 by morning. Liverpool play two games minimum that he won't he won't be playing in. Realistically, I think he's going to be down to 12, I would say, by the time we get to the end of the kind of, uh, kind of convoluted kind of break. Um, and then, yeah, OK, so we have Norwich. And so my, people might think, OK, yeah, let's hold him for that. But, you know, got Atletico Madrid three days later. Uh, and I don't think he'll throw him straight back into the starting lineup following a tear and a bit of warm weather work I would imagine he'll likely kind of if he's fit get 20 minutes off the bench against Norwich and then obviously be, be kind of safe for Atletico so for me he's a he's a definite he's a definite sell and you know as proved by the fact that I already sold him and I wouldn't really recommend that anyone's keeps him because I can't believe anyone's got that much money tied up in him in order to do so so yeah agreed Okay, so we'll stay with you, Phil. What high ownership players would you regard as being on a downward trajectory? So Lord Lundstrom has his owners a little bit nervous lately because he has recently been dropped. Um, And then he was benched again um, at the weekend. Granted, a number of other first teamers were also benched, but his replacement did score an excellent goal. So um, there's some doubts over his starting position. Uh, what are your thoughts on him and I guess any others where form or rotation issues are starting to creep in? Well, I think we have to give Lundstrom one more game. But, um, you know, I really do mean one more game. If, he, if he's not in the starting 11 uh, the weekend, he's a, he's a definite sell for me. Um, you know, Wilder is very loyal. Um, Bessage was a player who was bought and was expected to start the season Lundstrom impressed in pre-season, did well, has kept his place. Has he lost it? I'm not sure. Um, He had a little bit of a niggle over Christmas. He came back, not really found form. Does he need a little bit of a break? Like I said, I think I think this weekend will you know will tell us. Um, I, I think I think if he doesn't start this weekend, he's a uh, he's you know I think we'll see a bit of a fire sell on him. Um, certainly from from those who, who kind of are close to the kind of FDL pulse. Um, so I think I think he's one to watch. Also, it's worth noting that as a result of that Villa win, um, hot off the press, uh, Sheffield United will have a blank in game week 28. So if you've got Lundstrom and you know another Sheffield United player, as, as lots of us do, um, you know particularly those who just have Henderson in goal, um, you know he's, he's going to have um, he's going to have a blank coming up soon as well. So that's something to consider on that front. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
other other highly owned players. Vardy's a tough one. I I, I want to hold. Um, I, I think his his you know he's a bit of a stats buster anyway, and I think his poor form comes with a, a variety of mitigating circumstances. I think it's more of a team slump than a personal slump. Um, I know we've touched upon this, and we'll probably touch upon it again. Leicester do look like they're going for a little bit of a slump at the moment. Is there better value out there? Maybe, maybe, but he's probably just a hold for me. Abraham, yeah, I mean, he shouldn't have been in anyone's squad to begin with, so just, you know, get rid of you, still got him. Um, Wambasaka is still the eighth most owned defender in the game. This I find extraordinary. You know, he can't put a cross in a tic-tac-toe board, let alone a box. Um, what he's doing that highly owned for a team who can't even clean sheets, I do not know. And also, special shout-out for Button, who is owned by 20%. And has zero points this season. Um, I think there's a lot of lot of very embarrassed people out there who still clung on to him for this long. Button. Yeah, but I think um, I, I think Button is more of a, like the people who, like myself, have only one playing keeper. I don't have Button. I have McGovern, the other legend who saved penalties whilst yeah. on my bench. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not sure. I'm not. I think think my joke just drifted over. Over the head, uh, maybe if, if, if Don edits as he listens, he can put a bit of canned laughter. <laughs> probably appreciate, yeah. No, but I was going to say, this is the time now. The, thing, the reason I said that is because um, it's actually the time now to sell him. Because if you're building for your bench boost and you're using your final wildcard, you need to start thinking of a playing keeper a second playing keeper because you definitely don't want him on the bench. So that's why I wanted to uh, add that. Well, I did like the tic-tac-toe cap put across on a tic-tac-toe board, I have to say. That was yeah. a nice one. Thanks, Barry. Um, That's fine, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's the audience, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so uh, I'll come to you, Maz, on fixture changes. So any teams or specific players that managers who are on a wildcard or perhaps are just looking to start making some proactive changes to their team, um, any that they should be considering in terms of the upcoming fixture list. Phil alluded to a couple of the teams that have good fixtures coming up, but can you touch on them for us? Yeah, Phil did. So, you know, he like, listen, Liverpool have got good fixtures coming forward. Uh, we want we want to try and wrap up the league as, as, as quickly as possible. Yes, I know people saying it's over, but it ain't over until it's over. Um, I do think that with the man injury... Perhaps this is now is 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 the time to uh, if well if you don't have Salah switch there if you doubled up on that attack maybe this is the time to go back and double on the defence because I can see us getting a bit tighter at the back whilst we try and keep this invincible run but to be honest I'll give it up now if you can if you if you tell me you win the league tomorrow you can have the invincible run um, and uh, they they have Liverpool have good fixtures coming up brilliant run uh, actually the most difficult um, run that we had was just now between December and January. So there's some good fixtures, hopefully no slip-ups and and we keep, um, and they keep going. So they have good fixtures. We've, I think Phil mentioned on um, Sheffield United as well, um, but you have to be careful with the blank, but they do have good fixtures and whether Lundstrom plays or not, I mean, the good thing about them, they are, they are quite cheap. You've got midfielders uh, like Fleck who's cheap and you've got Baldock, uh, Stevens and co at the back. Um, you have to be careful with the blank. What I would say about a team like Sheffield United is it's it's fine if you want to treble up on them, but you just need to realise what you... 
what is the expectation of, of Sheffield United? For example, like I would not, to be honest, I, I probably wouldn't even look at any of their for, forwards just because I, I don't see them as explosive. And I see there's other, a lot better options out there. I think where the, the value of Sheffield United lies in defence and their keeper. Perhaps Fleck as, as your fifth, fifth midfielder in a bench boost squad. Um, but just need to be careful when you when you trouble up on it on 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 on, um, on players like the Sheffield United players, apart from the defence. Um, I think Arsenal have a good uh, um, good fixtures coming up. Uh, it'll be interesting what happens with Martinelli when uh, Uba's back. And again, it's one of the reasons that I want to see and watch and see how they're doing. Where does Uba sits back? Is Laka still playing? Are they still playing three up front? Where the, what, what happens to Martinelli? Because, yeah, of course, he's a great option um, on his price. Uh, and their defence, do they continue being strong? Is there any options out, out there? Mustafi just got injured. Who takes his place, etc., etc. Um, and I think, uh, listen, like, if you ignore the FDR, City is City. You, you pick their players. Um, we, we just need to be careful with Europe because I do believe they will try and focus on that. I think Pep wants to get that. Um, and rightly so. Um, so we just need to see what the pattern is for that. Um, and I think apart from that, it's just really, you know, Southampton. Southampton have a good, uh, good fixtures coming up after two, after 25. Uh, so, you know, great options in the back. Uh, keeper, cheap keeper, cheap defenders. Uh, James Ward-Prowse on set pieces if you fancy a different different midfielder. And then obviously the the legend for most people, apart from people like me who sold him, who sold him and is to get Ings is Ings. Um, so if you sold him, you bring him back. If you still have him, you keep him because he was rested against Crystal Palace. Yeah, they have a replay, but I can't see him play, and I think he'll play against Liverpool um, and then back in the league. Um, and then Wolves, I think Wolves uh, for me. Um, made a huge mistake selling him Jimenez and once I bring him back he's staying in my team and probably double up with Torore and the fact that they're playing 31 you'll have a lot of teams with three with three Wolves players so you could maybe defend them but I'm not that impressed with the defence Neto is actually an interesting option again if you want a differential um, or, or your, your Neves and Moutinho but for me these are the teams that I would focus on in the short term because up to about 31, like from 32 onwards, I think City have a ridiculous run. And it's even ridiculous with the FDR where it's all green. And if, if let's say they are, we know, we see Pep's pattern, or they're out of Europe, or gosh, like imagine Aguero playing in all these games. It's just, you know, fantastic with double game weeks coming up and stuff like that. So you just need to watch. I think there is some good fixtures between now and up to 31, and then there's a switch again where some of the teams have some really easy fixtures. That's all. Great stuff. Could I just mention uh, uh, Brighton as well? I think it was the, the only team I would, I would kind of add to that. I think they're a little bit overlooked by the fixture tracker um, in, in terms of they've got West Ham, Watford, Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, Wolves, um, a lot of teams who don't score a lot. Um, I think there's a real propensity for clean sheets there. So I think if you, uh, I would definitely get a Brighton defender. Really? See, it's interesting. The reason I didn't mention them is because I don't trust them. I think, I actually think Brighton will get sucked into the relegation battle. Yeah, I kind of agree on that point. I mean, they take, you know, you know, they take 300 shots to score a goal. So mm. um, I think attacking but, 
they're problematic. But you know, Duncan Ryan, I think, are still you know are still yeah. Decent. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan is a good option, absolutely. And uh, they do have some good defenders that score when I don't own them, like Webster. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on quickly to our listener questions. So first question, uh, I think this question was actually from you. Phil. Um, so I'll come to you first. You can answer your own question. Have the chips added too much luck to FPL? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that or is that sufficient? Um, very quickly, the point I wanted to make here was that uh, is, is, is one of the reasons I don't like the chips is actually is, is, is not is not the chips themselves. It, it's, it's the fact that they there's an obvious advantage for them to be played in a relatively kind of small window so only kind of kind of two or three game weeks now i know obviously that's horribly backfired in the case of my triple captain ever and you know people could argue with that well you can just play these chips in single game weeks but the fact is that we we like saving for it if we take it seriously we're kind of like they're kind of, um, you know, we're studying, you know, we're following Ben Krellin and we're like, you know, we, we know that if you play a chip in a double game week, statistically, you're going to have two bites of the cherry. You're going to have to do it. Um, and I think what I'd just like to see is some way of looking at the chips whereby um, we're not all playing them in the same kind of two or three game weeks, um, which I think just, it just expands out the luck factor and means that we can play them at any point over the season um, so something like, you know, you have to play a couple of chips pre-Christmas and then a couple of chips afterwards. So that there are 38 possibilities where you can play your chips rather than two or three. So I think that's the only point I'd like to make. And I think that that would kind of mean that we're not all heading in kind of very nervous, kind of like into kind of two or three kind of particular moments of the season. And I think it would bring a lot more strategy to actually using the chips rather than all the kind of main kind of people in the game just all playing them at the same time. And it means that we just get, yeah, 80% of the game using a triple captain on Salah or Mane. So I think that's the only point I'd like to make on that. But it was a genuine question for you two as well. So I'm interested in your opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, I actually agree with you. I'd love to see uh, chip usage kind of mimicking the wild card in that we kind of have one for the earlier part of the season and then maybe one for the later part of the season, just simply to shake things up and um, see how they would be used. Because as you say, it, you know, it we do have this way that we do it because we're programmed to try and maximise the uh, points that we can get with this one chip that we have. And, it's in many ways a hit and hope, but you're going to hit and hope on the double game week because of the probability that you will get some form of return. But it does feel uninspired to be playing it in the same method as as everyone else and often on the same player as, as certainly most people because then you're playing this triple captain and there's maybe 500,000 people who have captained that person, you know, however many who have triple captained as well. And then 
that person might have 45% ownership. So, you know, you're like, I'm not getting 100% effective points on um, the whatever amount of points that my triple captain has earned because I'm only getting X amount over and above these people and then X amount over and above the rest. But um, I don't I, – I do think that there is a huge factor of luck in the chips. I mean, that luck is part of FPL in general, uh, and, and we know that, right? But – with the chips, it does feel somewhat uh, more extreme, perhaps because when you're dealing with luck, as far as FPL goes, you're dealing with 38 game weeks of decisions and you can get lucky on some calls and you can get unlucky on others. But you're making so many different decisions over the course of a, a season that that luck can ebb and flow. Um, whereas with the chips, you, it really comes down to a singular moment when you have to you have to get luck going on your side as opposed to drastically against you, which is what happened to so many making a very calculated and sensible decision on triple captain Simane. Um, but you can see how quickly that can can backfire, and so it feels a lot more intense. And the bad luck feels like extreme bad luck. I think, I think. I think that's it in a nutshell, Kylie. I think I think you've you've articulated well what I was saying there in terms of how it just it it makes it more that you're reliant upon this singular moment, um, particularly with mini league. I have, you know, we can joke about my curse, and, but I have I have I have literally lost come second in in my last two kind of mini leagues, um, specifically because of, of triple captain failures. And and it's almost certain that I will do so again this season because the guy ahead of me is 40 points ahead of me and he triple captain Salah and I triple captain Mane. Now, you know, Salah scores just a couple of goals. You know, he's he, he you know, he's he's well over the hill and that single decision is resulting in a 50 or 60 point swing. And yes, we can have 50 or 60 point swing game weeks. Yes, we can, but there's there's normally so many variables at play, so many you know cards that have to fall in the right order in order for that to kind of happen. Whereas with a uh, with a triple captain, which which in essence on its own is actually the weakest of all the chips, but yeah. if if you get a situation which which in fact let, let's be honest hasn't actually happened yet this game week because Salah could blank, you know. It's, uh, and in which case then, you know, suddenly Mane's three points compared to San... Uh, but if we look at Aguero last year in the yeah. kind of similar Osana scenario... happened to me last season. And, mm. you know, I, I won't be watching the game tomorrow. I will be checking the score at 10pm um, nervously and, you know, expecting to see a three or four in the Liverpool goals column and, you know, then shutting my eyes and seeing who the goal scorers are. And, and knowing... You know, which and it's not being dramatic, but if if Salah's name is in there two or three times, you know, that I, I, I'm not going to be able to catch my mini league leader really because of that singular decision this season. So, and I think that's what I find frustrating about the triple captainship. But I accept the fact that I am talking about it from somebody who has absolutely no idea how to use it. So, <laughs> um, it, it is hard though because it does feel like an amplified. Uh, pressure kind of moment with that decision. The, the anxiety level is is extra high, even though it is so rare for the majority of us to get really extraordinarily high points out of those. It, it does happen, um, 
Mars and others did get this from Aguero, triple captain, last year. But, um, you know, when, when he did really well and the Sane triple captain is didn't, but it's a very hard one to pinpoint. Whereas with the, like a bench boost, you've 15 players who perhaps over the course of two games each could deliver you something. It just feels like you're spreading that luck element somewhat. Um, so we have another question from Phil, and this was, should official FPL's account poll the community, read new features and changes? Um, we also uh, got a question from FPL Oakwell on our thoughts regarding official FPL's casual attitude in interactions, but Mars did cover that off thoroughly in his rant. So Mars, what's your take on the official account polling the community to see what they want to do? With features and changes do you think they do it do you think they should um i th look i think we keep forgetting that we are a very very small minority out of the seven million and i don't know what god given god given right we have just because we are on twitter however however i didn't, I didn't mean that in a condescending way by the way i'm i'm questioning whether we do or not because we've seen with the whole last year of the bunk captain debacle it was what like 0.6% that actually captained him, but it felt like the whole of Twitter was, had. Um, I think the fact that they have an official Twitter account, I think they're listening. I think they're looking. I think they're trying to improve, and I think they are trying to interact with us. Um, I do think maybe put a poll out and see what people think about it. I think, I think chips are good. They do need refreshing now, and they do that normally. So hopefully next year we'll get some, some new kind of more exciting things. Um, do I do I expect them to do it? I think the fact that they have in now the you know um, in, in quotes experts on and people who are from the Twitter community maybe they will start including or listening a little bit more. But it shouldn't be a right that we expect because we are such a small minority out of everybody that plays FPL. That's that's my honest feeling about it. Well, we have influence, Mars. Damn it. We're influencers. <laughs> We might do. Um, we we're might also do. a demanding portion of the community uh, of the uh, overall uh, players, Luke. clearly. Um, okay, so next up, FPL Beer Club. Is that Dave? Always. Yeah. I just Dave changes his name so many times it gets confusing. Sorry, Dave. Uh, so Traore versus Redmond, um, and then similarly we had a question from <laughs> Jeff Petter. So, <laughs> Question, Traore versus Redmond. Yes, that I mean, was the question. I, I, I tried to double-check well, that, double that we're talking about their FPL credentials rather than the muscle mass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in both cases, I think Traore wins. <laughs> Probably, yes. Um, Je Jeff Petter also asked our thoughts on uh, Jimenez uh, and Traore. So he wants to know if two is one too much. So I guess firstly, Dave, um, look, I don't really think that Redmond appeals to me personally. Um, I know they do have Southampton, do have a great run of fixtures coming up, but he's played all but two games this season and he's been playing 90 minutes for the vast majority. I think there's only a couple where he played sort of maybe 45, 50 minutes. So he's, he's been playing pretty consistently and he's got three goals and one assist. Um, uh, one of those goals and one of those, and that assist came in, in the last game week. So um, 
is that a, a sign of form? Perhaps it is, but I haven't seen enough that would tempt me toward him. I still think Ings is your pick from an attacking perspective, though I certainly would keep an eye on Redmond as someone that could have potential should he start to look a little bit more enticing, but it's probably a bit early for me. Um, Traore is a great shot. Like he's, you know, it's easy. Lots of us jumped on him and then jumped off him. Both Mars and I did that. Um, and, you know, maybe your expectations need to be managed a, a little bit. But having watched him, uh, in the last match against Liverpool. I mean, he terrorised them. He was fantastic. And he just looks so central to what's happening at Wolves at the moment. I think on a value-for-money basis, he really does look excellent. And I also think it's nigh and impossible to choose when you might bench him, which makes him an impossible fifth midfield option um, unless you're playing like a 3-5-2. So I think if you're going to go for him then you just go for him and you pop him in your team. And I would not ever be worried about fixtures. I mean, in terms of where he's been scoring his goals, you know, he, he's scoring against um, City. He's, you know, he's getting attacking returns in big games. So um, I absolutely would think him. And I guess this ties in with Jeff's question a, a little bit. Um, Traore, I do think, looks great, um, but my absolute preferred would be uh, Jimenez. Um, he's got three goals in the last four, 16 attempts, 12 of those in the box. Uh, six of them were on target. And then he's had six big chances, uh, which bodes really well. Three of those he scored and three of them he missed. So there's even more scope for um, for goals in, in that period. So... And if you think about who he's got actual returns against, not all goals, admittedly, but he has delivered against Liverpool, City, Arsenal, Tottenham. So traditional top six sides. Um, he's a player, and we saw this from him last season, where the fixtures aren't necessarily, they shouldn't really be a deterrent if there's tricky fixtures. And by the by, the fixtures are... United, Leicester, Norwich, Tottenham, Brighton, and West Ham. To be honest, like FDR red, but that's a bit of a lie. I'm not really seeing a lot in there that would overly intimidate me. Based on this season, the trickiest of those would have been Leicester. Um, Leicester's defence is not as strong as it was. I know they have Ndidi back, but they're still looking a little bit shaky. Um, and they are conceding goals. So I I would absolutely go Jimenez. Um, I think he's one of the best picks. I wish I never got rid of him. I'm sorry. Um, I would bring him in. And I, I'm not sure that I would want to go to at the moment. I think that we will see huge uh, swing towards them um, based on the fact that they will not be blanking. Um, but... I think if it fits your team to have the two, there's no harm there. Often they are combining together for goals. So, you know, especially if that value is enabling you to do a lot of other things with your team, then sure, why not go where the form is? Um, so our next question is from Dom J. So I'll give this one to you, Phil. Time to get off Vardy and Sayonchu or soy sauce, as he says. 
Uh, yeah, maybe the defenders. I think, I think, I think soy sauce. Certainly, if you're on a wild card or, or if you're looking for a bit of a shake up back there and you've got some spare transfers. Yeah, um, I think, I think you know the, the next few weeks look pretty bleak for Leicester from a clean sheet perspective. So, yeah, I would definitely get rid of that. Vardy, um, you know, it, it depends on who you want. Um, I think there's, there's, there's not really anybody. Jimenez, Ings, um, you know, I kind of suppose. I know, obviously, uh, Aguero and Abamyang being talked about a lot in the community, but that's, uh, you know, obviously involves a little bit of a reshuffle. You could spend some of the Mane money. I, I think they, both those players come with question marks. Um, Abamyang, in terms of where he's going to fit fit in with our tactics setup, we've been playing very well without him. And um, Aguero, you know, I mean, you know, we, we all know his qualities, obviously, but you know, with that. With the kind of caveat of with so many cup matches, City involved in obviously all three cups and the league, you know, essentially gone. Is he going to be saved for those other matches? I think it's a very, it's a very risky purchase as well. So uh, I'm certainly going to be holding Vardy. I, I'm going to give him a Chelsea game definitely. Uh, I think that's the sort of game where I expect to be quite open. Um, I think Leicester can hurt Chelsea. I think that will be a game where there'll be chances at both ends. And I think I certainly think that's that's a that's a game where I expect Jamie Vardy to do quite well. So it's one of those ones where you know it's a personal decision, really. I'm quite happy holding him, but if someone said, "Look, I sold Vardy for Jimenez," you know, I'm not going to tell them they're an idiot. You know, it's not like buying Nathan Redmond or something. So you know, <laughs> valid points. Um, okay, next up we have Morpheus Fire. So injuries everywhere, Lord Lenny in trouble. Do we shift money back to Laporte and Baldock? Wildcard, YOLO, WTF, FOMO, FML, Mars. <laughs> Remember, for every Morpho, there is a YOLO. Um, look. We don't know if Lundstrom... I think you just hold Morpheus, my man. We don't know if the Lord has lost his place. And I definitely would not be going Baldock and Laporte right now. First of all, Laporte still might not be fully fit. Pep is not sure. Uh, plus, potentially, he might not play in 28. Uh, Baldock definitely not playing in 28. So if you have Henderson or another... And if you have the Lord, that means that you have too many Sheffield United players unless you're planning to free hit. I think you just need to take a deep breath, chi shen chill, wait one or two weeks, see what happens, see if the Lord is playing again. Um, maybe whilst you're waiting, get rid of Freecon, Kelly and, you know, Suyuncho, whatever. Like, fix those little things, waiting for better news, and then make the most for the big players. That's, that's what I would suggest. Obviously, you need to get rid of Mana as well. Excellent. Okay, and then we had a couple of questions uh, relating to Abamyang, um, which you touched on just a minute ago, Phil. So FPL Rossoneri says optimum forward line the next four to five game weeks is a Orba Kun combo an option. And then we also had a question from Ian FPL Strategic saying Wood, Orba, and or Cho. Um, okay, so. Yeah, Orba and uh, Kun are the two that keep coming up, and uh, yet there are there are concerns about the two of them, I, different kinds. So Aubameyang seems like in because he's cheaper, right? I think it's only about ten point seven or ten point eight. So yes, he's more expensive, um, 
than the likes of Vardy, but he's still cheaper than Aguero. And Arsenal do have a great run of fixtures. The thing is, they're playing really well as it stands. Um, and he has missed out on a couple. I do think he slides back in, in theory, but there are also murmurings about a potential move. Now, there haven't been super loud murmurings, so I'm not entirely convinced that anything would necessarily come of it. But I think many of us have been in this situation before in January where we've kind of, you know, made a move and uh, then suddenly the person's up sticks and, and gone somewhere else. There's not really that much time left, but even still, I would probably just want to see how things go a little bit. Uh, it, it could prove to be a, a good move, however. Um, Aguero is a different sort of challenge altogether. I mean, his form is completely ridiculous at the moment. We've always known what Aguero is capable of, but essentially in the last three games, and in fact, one of those was a 23-minute stint, but he's got six goals and one assist. Like, what even is that, you know? 14 attempts, 11 of them are in the box, nine on target because Aguero does what Aguero does. Um, and he had six big chances and he scored five of them. So, I mean, the fixtures on paper look tricky. Again, it's City and I wouldn't put too much stock in FDR ratings. The main issue that we do all keep coming back to is these other cups. Um, and Champions League in particular when that comes back around because I think there's no question that will be Pep's priority. Um, he wanted to win the Champions League anyway. With the gap being what it is in the Premier League, it's, it's hard to imagine that that won't be absolutely his priority. Jesus hasn't been terrible. Okay, yes, he missed a penalty, and, and yes, he's terrible at penalties, but um, he's still scored three goals and maybe one assist in that time, um, in that same period, which is on par with the best of the rest in terms of the strikers over the last four weeks. So they're both still returning. Um, I think that Aguero is the one that you go for if you have a high appetite for risk because in the form that he's in at the moment, you could absolutely see rewards. But again, I think that if you are someone that is going to have a meltdown, if he gets benched, then I would suggest don't do it and look at Aubameyang if you feel comfortable that he's going to slot right in and return you a lot of goals. It hasn't been hugely high scoring from Arteta's Arsenal recently, um, but we can see how that changes. They do have much better fixtures. So I don't know. I think maybe the two of them is a bit much for me at this point, and just simply because there's questions over them. I might be inclined to take a punt on one and, and then see how it goes. Um, Wood is a good option at the moment for a cheap striker if you're going to have him complement your Aubameyang pick if you are looking to shake things up a bit. Um, no reason why not. He's doing really well in the absence of uh, Phil's beloved uh, Barnes while he's out injured. Um, sure, however, never. Just another heartbreak, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Arms out. You know, I'm, I'm, tempted I by, I'm tempted by Wood. 
And uh, I've, I've received a little bit of a backlash from, as if it's you know, I'm, I'm contractually obliged not to not to pick him. Um, but the problem is Burnley just scored so few goals. But but when yeah. they did, it's almost all Wood or Barnes. So um, you know they are very 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 kind of talismanic in that. I, I think I think Wood, if, if you're going budget and don't fancy Ings for whatever reason. I, I think Wood is, uh, is 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 arguably the next best, um, you know, the next best cheapie out there. Yeah, and I think especially for you know people who have Holler or um, maybe some of the other cheap options, and they're starting to think about fixture swings and and moving off them uh, for whatever reason, um, then he's a perfectly good choice because. Of that involvement, as you said, there, there won't necessarily be a lot of goals, but when they are scoring, there's a really good chance that it's coming from him, particularly while Barnes is out. Um, Hudson Adoy, no, I don't love Chelsea. I don't trust Chelsea right now, to be frank. Um, yes, he is getting minutes. I think he's played 90 in the last three. Pulisic is out, injured. So they're saying sort of mid-April, 17th of April. But, I mean, obviously that's very up in the air. So we will see um, when he is back as news comes in. And that could obviously have a direct impact on Hudson-Odoi's game time. But, um, no, I'm not hugely interested in him despite uh, recent returns, I would have to say. So I think there's looking for differentials, yes, but um, some people are differentials for a reason, I would argue. And I, I think that there are opportunities there without going too um, left of centre for me personally. But it is something, as ever, that is so much down to personal preference. And uh, a punt like that could be huge. So you're going to have to go with your gut on that one, I'm afraid. Um, last general question is from FPL Oakwell, and he says, time to target hashtag no disrespect teams such as Norwich and Villa. Um, so what do you think, Mars? I'll come to you first. So something we touched on in the, <clears throat> on the last pod, I think, I think, yes, look, you know, what's in, what I find interesting this year is there's no one team that we've said. Hashtag no disrespect. No, last year it was Huddersfield. Last year mm. it was Huddersfield, but this year Norwich seemed to be quite strong at home. It feels like Bournemouth, to be honest, right? They yeah, but then like they go worse. and turn. Then they go and turn Brighton over, and um, yeah, yeah but like there's, there's, they seem to be taking turns. Yeah, but yes, you talk, listen. I think so. For example, um, when Norwich are playing away, if you have a, if you have one of those players in your team. Uh, a midfielder or a striker, you captain them because Norwich just don't seem to be able to defend, especially away from home. Um, I think um, Bournemouth, which you just mentioned, uh, again, not not great defensively. Um, I would look. I, I think if you have the players, you captain them. Um, I don't think you go and burn transfers to bring players just for that game because we've seen so many times this year where you sell a player who's on form to get a player. Who has a good fixture and you get burned. So don't 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 do the double burn. You you know don't want to be burned twice. So yeah. yeah. That would need a skin graft. Not comfortable. Um, <laughs> just, just on that point as well. Um, just to kind of bring some kind of actual actual kind of data to the table in a in a <gasps> shot of this podcast. Um, 
Villa. Did you just swear at me? No, no, no. no. <laughs> it was an insult. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Villa have um, conceded 425 chances this season. That is 50 more. 50 after just game week 23, more than anyone else, more than Newcastle and Norwich, who are the next kind of worst teams. Um, there's 18 chances they're giving up every match, one every five minutes, which is just an extraordinary inability to stop fire kind of raining down on their goal. And, and you know, to kind of cap it off as well, they have they lead the table as well for errors leading to uh, directly leading to chance with with 13, which which is just they're just a terrible defensive team. I mean, you know, the congratulations that they've somehow got through to the Carabao Cup final, but yeah, I would. If it wasn't for Jack Grealish, they'd have six points. Um, you know, they. Is that before or after the legend Pepe Reina joined them? Just. <laughs> well, yes, I suppose we are yet to see what influence he will have. He's certainly going to be busier than he has been for, for the last few, few, few years. Yeah. Um, so, so something for him to look forward Cause to. Because I heard he was really good against Watford. I didn't. I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if you, uh, if you watched it. Yeah, no, no. He, he, what, From he, what he, I heard, he was really good well, against then, Watford. You know, Tom Heaton's not played badly all season. Mm. But he's a good keeper. They, they just give up so many chances. Um, and eventually, and uh, coupled with the fact that they make big errors as well. Um, you know, Norwich, Norwich, like I said, they're good at home and you said they're terrible away. They're, I would definitely be targeting a home fixture to Norwich um, for any sort of captain or, or kind of big attacking player. I would, captain, I would captain anybody major in my team home and away or against Villa. It's almost a guarantee that they're going to have at least three or four kind of good chances in that match. They just, they just don't really know how to defend. And I would be uh, shocked if they managed to stay in the division, I have to say. Um, just, uh, just, just one final point on this. Just, just, just because whilst I was looking for this stat, for those particular stats, I, I happened to find this substat, so to speak, and I thought it might uh, interest you as a Liverpool fan, um, Mars. So, second to Villa um, are Liverpool in the um, table for uh, errors leading to chances this season, with um, 12, 12, um, So, twelve times they've, um, they've, you know, given direct errors which have led to chances to the opposition. However, unlike unlike uh, Villa, Liverpool are rock bottom of the table of uh, giving up chances. They've barely given up more than um, I think it's something an extraordinarily low number, like something like thirty six um, uh, kind of clear chances that they've given to the opposition. Which which means that forty percent of all the big chances that Liverpool have can have given this season have been self inflicted. Um, which, which I just found just, just extraordinary in terms of that they're so good a defensive unit that, you know, half the time, the only way the opposition can get a chance to score based It's an individual error, basically. Waiting for them to make an individual error. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, thinking about it, I can see sometimes we, yeah, sometimes uh, when I'm watching the game, we're like, there's no need for that. We didn't need to do this. We caused this, and yeah, it makes sense. There's, there's definitely been a lot of big chances against Liverpool, and sometimes I wonder how. Sheffield United Wolves uh, did not score against us when we played them recently. Those are just the recent one that I remember, because they right in front of the goal and they just seemed to miss. So yeah, I, I, I can't. Well, stats are stats are stats. Can't uh, disagree with them, but hopefully they stay in the past. Divine intervention, Mars. It's meant to be. Perhaps. 
Um, okay, so our random question from Jeff at FPL Thunder. The Amigos are taking part in a table quiz. You may each pick one person, living or dead, to assist your team. Who would you each choose to join your table? Uh, Phil, we'll start with you. What is a table quiz? How do you not? It's like a pub quiz. When you sit at a table at a pub and you do a quiz. Oh, my God, I love table quizzes. Why does... (laughs) I love quizzes. But just, just for kind of the, the stipulation, but it has to be at a table. I just, it's I, I, the furniture aspect. So you are at a table with your team. It's a team. So maybe there's like four of you or something in a team and you're doing the quiz. But it is often referred to as a table quiz. So just who is your quiz partner is the question. <laughs> Choose one. Um, uh, well, you know, not you if we're talking about football pre-2000. But, um... <laughs> but I'm great at everything else on quizzes. Very competitive, I might yeah, add. Yeah, I've heard about your your, your competitiveness, um, uh, but um, I I I don't know. I didn't give this question much thought because I I, I kind of I, I thought table quiz was some sort of reference I, I wasn't getting, as opposed to just a pub quiz. So I would probably kind of cheat and use you know kind of like Marvin the Paranoid Android or something, which is probably a reference that will also slip you by. Come on, Kylie, help me out here. I've got nothing. What? Nothing. Okay. All right. Um, we'll, we'll leave that to our readers to see who uh, to see who manages to get that one. No. So I, I basically a, a, an all-knowing robot. Do you mean listeners? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on video, aren't you? <laughs> no, we missed that one. Um, okay. Cheating with the all-knowing robot, and I would absolutely get you disqualified. But moving on, um, Mars. Who is your choice? I, I just thought I'd get Barack Obama. He seems like a clever man. I'd love to meet him. Hey, Barack, Fair come sit next to me. <laughs> My team is winning. I'm choosing Anne Hegarty, the governess from The Chase, because statistically Ooh. she is proven to be the most successful uh, on The Chase. And she has supreme knowledge. So Anne and I are kicking everyone's butt at the table quiz. No, I don't think so. I've got not I've if, got, not if me and Barack, not if me and Barack have anything to me. Uh, no, I I'm confident we'll beat you and Barack. And you've been disqualified, Phil, for having an all-knowing robot. Yeah, but you wouldn't know. Right, let's let's get to the captains and transfers before people switch off. I would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm getting competitive about a hypothetical, not actually happening table quiz. I'm sorry, guys. Um, all right. So, Mars, what are you doing? Captain and game week plans. Oh, what am I doing about that? I thought not right now. I was like, I'm Skyping with you. <laughs> um, um, I think uh, Mane will go, but I'm not going to rush. I want to see the game tomorrow, see the news Friday. I'm happy for to lose a point one here or there, honestly, rather than make a quick decision or a rash decision before seeing what's happening. Maybe if maybe after the game, rather than wait longer, because I think <clears throat> I have two choices right now. Either go man into Torore and get shitloads of money that I can spend everywhere else, or take a punt on Son for a bit. I, I like Son, but I don't know if I like Spurs. That's the problem. But I want to bring Torora in. Uh, well, well, not I want to. It's just because Mane is injured. So I don't see any... I'm not... If Mahrez is fit, maybe. But I'm not really that interested with the blank, potential blank and 
all the hassle. I, I want Torori and I want Jimenez back in my team and I'm just going to put them there uh, and watch the points come in. Captain Wise at the moment is on, is on Salah. And Phil? Right now. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, I hope it won't be on Salah once you, you know that that's pretty much what I plan to do. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, Salah for Mane already made that move. Salah, my captain, um, unless something extraordinary happens tomorrow, I won't be um, kind of making any other any other changes other than that, really. I've got a, I've got a strong bench. I'm ben- benching Danny Ings and Johnny Evans, who I still have this week, for example. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty deep in there and um, I've kind of set this squad up, really. Albeit I've had an absolutely shocking game week this week, which is only likely to get worse. But, um, you know, looking at my squad, I think, yeah, Camus return over the next two to three weeks. Yes, it can. So I think I'll probably just kind of nurse it and then have a look after this kind of winter break in terms of, um, you know, yeah, kind of what to do next, really. So, yeah, that's me. Yeah, uh, for me, so I have Cantwell and Mane issues. Um, Mane will probably be going. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, he will be going. I have to determine who to bring in there, and that's really the challenge for me because I'm not immediately seeing an obvious move. I have Salah, I have De Bruyne. Um, uh, can I recommend you someone? Can I recommend you someone? Uh, you can. Uh, I'm going to guess 8.5 midfielder, Manchester United, Bruno Fernandes. Has, yes, but he's not confirmed yet. He he will he will be confirmed. He will be confirmed. He's going to Barcelona, isn't he? He's not going to Barcelona, Mars. Come on. Have I no, it looks like he's going to United I, by all accounts. Changed? Okay, yeah. last thing I saw was uh, Barcelona buying him to annoy United and selling loaning him out to get someone. No, no, no. We've paid the money. We've agreed the transfer deal whilst this pod has uh, has, has been going on. So uh, subject to his personal terms. Although didn't he ask for something like four hundred thousand last time? So. Yeah, that, that might might still be a stickler. So, you know, I think if we could just set Alexis Sanchez free, then yeah, that's fine. We've got a replacement. So I I think he is he is an absolute quality player, um, and delighted if we managed to pull it off. So, um, as I've said before, being a Man United fan, I'm not convinced anyone signs for us these days unless I, they're actually holding up the shirt. So, um, I, I I honestly think he's going to be a great he's going to be a great option. He's exactly what we need and. Him playing in the passes, which currently Jesse Lingard fails to do for <laughs> Rashford, Martial, and Greenwood of all the other bloody stuff. We forgot to mention that Lingard scored. I know. It was in Granted, yeah. Phil Jones scored in the same match. And I mean, you know, it was what it was. But he still scored his first goal. Even when Lingard finally scores again, he was, you know, trumped by yet more unlikely goal scorers in that match just to uh, render. <laughs> meaningless that was pretty much on that note on that note anyway so my captain is as yet undetermined I'm really in a state of unknown so uh, it's default will be Salah unless I do something dramatic and interesting with my transfer but I very much don't know what I'm doing and I will be awaiting press conferences for other news so it is what it is, but um, 
I think it's time to wrap up the show. Uh, that is all we have time for. So we have been Phil, who you can find alongside his cat at Hindu Monkey, Mars, who you can find at Mars05, Kylie, who you can find at Kylie FPL, and the missing Don, who you can find at The Marble Curse. And of course, you can follow us on our group account at Three Amigos FPL. Thanks, as always, for listening and for your continued support. So good luck in Game Week 25. Adios, amigos.